Our next guest, Emily Leadham. Good morning, dear. Good morning. I'm here to reel you guys in. Oh, good luck, oh, Emily. Yeah, I think she's part of the problem. She's, Emily's been sent in from Fargo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Emily, for the listeners, tell us who you are. Who are you, Emily? Good morning. My you? name is Emily Leadham. <laughs> I'm the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, the, the greatest diocese. I'm just kidding. Oh, I only say boy. that because I know that Aww. we've got some other listeners. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm very blessed to actually work with all our neighboring dioceses quite often. So, um, But I, I live here in Sioux Falls. I've got two little girls uh, married to a lovely, wonderful, awesome... Super handsome cute. hunk of a husband. Handsome That's what I was just going to ask. Triple H. This came up Saturday Saturday night with the friend a handsome Emily. Handsome hunk of humanity. Of a humanity. There we go. He's a handsome hunk of humanity yeah. named Matt. He doesn't to get to listen to this, so I can. I, can, um, I think he did last say, month, actually. He did. He did listen to the last one. Oh, yeah. He can listen to it on the podcast. Well, and yes. I think so, he's heard you call him that before. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, we said it's a good thing I have good. this red beard to cover up my blushing, blushing. cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, last time we had you on, Emily, you were talking about chastity in marriage. And today we're going to kind of continue that conversation. And we want to look at chastity uh, for teens. Can you first speak on this idea that our teens face a sexual onslaught in their lives. Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the word onslaught really strikes me because onslaught uh, really means kind of this like aggressive, pervasive, uh, intense um, attack almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really actually a, a profound word to utilize when we talk about sexuality uh, for teenagers and even into um, adulthood as well, but specifically today for our conversation, teenagers, um, because I think it's really, it's really true. There's an aggression in which uh, some of these like ideologies, these sexual ideologies, these sexual lies are actually attacking youth. Um, and, and it comes in a lot of different formats in a lot of different ways. But um, I just even think like, the, what is the average age of exposure to pornography right now is eight years old. Mm. It's, it's in everything. Second grade. It's Second in, grade. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. You have eight year olds, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, it's the reality that it's, that it's so pervasive. It's in everything and it's so easily accessed. Um, and it's sending a message about sexuality for them as they enter into navigating relationships in high school and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it really is a, it really is aggressive. I think there's kind of a, a complex of shame, but also curiosity mm-hmm. and uh, kind of this like false liberation <clears throat> surrounding the conversation as well. And we can dive more into that, but, but it really is, it's an onslaught. It's, it's aggressive. And, um, I experienced it when I was in high school. I think my parents experienced it when they were in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not a new concept, but I think in light of, uh, multimedia in the current day and just kind of the slow, uh, they always say if you throw a, a frog into boiling water, it'll, it'll jump right out. But mm-hmm. if you slowly turn up the heat, the frog stays in and it eventually it kills itself because it doesn't recognize the change in temperature. Right. And I think we're in a slow boil yeah. um, leading up culturally of, of we don't even recognize that, which is wounding us anymore. So I think sometimes, Emily, in light of that, people can kind of almost despair. Like, is, is there any hope for kids, for teens in particular here, uh, to remain? What, what do you... What would you say in the face of that almost despair? Oh, 100%. I think um, it is possible 
And it's actually, there's a lot of teenagers that I think are kind of embracing that and recognizing um, that they're wanting something more. They're wanting something more for their relationships, whether they're Catholic or whether they're just secular, but recognizing kind of this this lie that they've been fed surrounding um, human sexuality. And I think there's more and more that are kind of saying, you know what, like, I actually really think that this is a special thing and there's not many special things left in the world. So I'm going to claim this as one, um, the gift of their body, essentially. So I think there is hope. I think um, a couple of ways that that can really be done is to find a community uh, for them of other high school students, of other peers, but then also to find mentors, to find trusted adults in their lives um, that can really speak to not only just the purity question, but mm-hmm. but a, a myriad of things. Um, and I recognize you in my own life. I had people that were really speaking into my life in terms of do you want to really grow in? What areas do you want to accept? Um, it was a way that I was able to integrate my life more readily, uh, including battle purity. So, mm-hmm. a couple of, of ways, but I do think it's possible, and I think there's great hope. Well, and I think, you know, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and I think what I find most surprising is that you don't want to get lazy as a parent. And one of the things, and this might sound strange, but one of the things I found the most difficult when she was five, six years old was finding clothing that was appropriate for her. Yes, yes. And it is shocking to me. You go into these normal stores that are everywhere across the country, and the things that they expected me to put on, mm-hmm. my sweet little five-year-old, mm-hmm. was obnoxious. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as a as a new parent, what do you say to that? Oh, man. I don't know. You guys have more experience than I do in this regard. But you're the expert. I yeah, think... You know, I think there's there's two ways to approach. It, one is either lean totally back, lean away from it, order all of your clothes on Amazon <laughs> and not have to worry about it, or actually lean into it, celebrate clothing. I mean, for I, I if you see me, I have a fabulous dress on today. Thank you very much. It is very cute. I, I love clothes. I that's a Don't fun you think thing it's for cute, me. Doctor Bergwald. Thank you. I know. <laughs> It's great. TJ Maxx, $12. Um, but I but I actually really enjoy clothing. I actually really enjoy like dressing the body in such a way that reveals something beautiful about the human person. So for, for me and, and my children, I actually want to lean a little bit more into that mm-hmm. and actually teach them how to engage in clothing, teach them how to engage yeah. in the culture in that way so that they're not uh, running from it, but rather teaching them to discern and to recognize, you know what, this is just not quality, nor is it like revealing something beautiful about who you are but look at how this piece might reveal that more um, bountifully you know maybe I'm over spiritualizing that but I think um, you know my approach to parenting uh, again is just is actually to lean into it instead of instead of run from it yes I I totally agree with that approach I I would be like yeah that's totally not appropriate and then I'd explain why Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. because it's gonna be there yeah. It's going to be there. And they're going to have access if they fall onto a website that they shouldn't be on. Right. Right. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Right. We actually need to form conscience 
Uh, and, and sometimes the child is not there to really understand that yet. And that's why mm-hmm. parents have rules and they have boundaries and they have kind of standards that are in place. But I think it also that the kids that do best, that really do kind of continue to pursue this beautiful gift of faith, the deposit of faith that their parents have given them uh, regarding all things, including chastity and, and modesty, etc., are those parents that I think engage their child in the why engage their child in the reasoning mm-hmm. through it. What does this reveal about beauty? What does this reveal about who you are? Uh, and what does it say to the world? If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Heather Carroll. <clears throat> and with us this morning is Emily Leadham. And we're talking fashion. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking fashion. Uh, oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm it's kidding. my fabulous dress that took me down that pathway. I couldn't help it. No, That's what we do. We're talking about uh, the, the importance of and the possibility of uh, youth living chastity mm-hmm. uh, today in, in a culture which is anything but chaste. Um, and, and just you, you were speaking there, Emily, about the, 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 the different ways that we can engage the culture and raise our children um, to live chastely. It, speaking to parents um, once again any other advice that you might offer to those of us who are parents of teens yeah I've had a revelation recently um, there's there's all this talk uh, and and kind of the buzzword of vulnerability and Brene Brown if you follow any of her work it's really um, beautiful beautiful work but it's not a new concept it's something that Jesus Christ taught us on the cross what vulnerability really does and what it does for the world uh, and I think parents I think this has something particularly uh, profound to say to parents. Mm. How are you being vulnerable with your child, Mm. allowing them to see your humanity, allowing Mm. them to see, because I think, um, you know, the the classic dad, right, is invincible and the mom that just, that, that can do it all and whatever it might be, whatever perception of your parents, maybe it's, maybe it's a bit more broken than that. But I think we often do have these perceptions of our parents that, um, especially dads, that they're invincible. Um, And yet we live in this world of broken fatherhood. And I think the disconnect in there is that between the invincible dads and the broken dads is that the invincible dads are not willing to to recognize that they are broken or not willing to admit to their child that they're broken. And I think in the admittance of... I don't have all the answers. Yes. I don't know how to do this. This was really hard for me, and this mm-hmm. is why I so desire you to find freedom in this way. This is why I so desire to protect you from this type of stuff on the Internet or wearing this mm-hmm. outfit or, uh, you know, going on dates before you're maybe ready um, spiritually to handle that, emotionally to handle that is because, man, I sucked at it. Can yeah. I say that online? Or you, I just just did. you just did. Too late. <laughs> My question for you is, you know, uh, we have parents that are listening. We only have a few minutes left. But, you know, if parents feel like their child is way over the line, so let's say the line of where we think acceptable purity and chastity is yeah. is here in the middle, and their child has already experienced a lot of things by looking at things on TV, and they kind of feel like, well, it's already too late. It's too late. Yeah. What would you say to them? It's never too late. Uh, as somebody who's walked a really windy, windy, windy road in my own life, I would say it's it's never too late. Um, God is a God of infinite mercy and compassion uh, and truth. And so um, it's not too late, number one, and I would continue to invest in your child. Continue to foster time with your child, um, doing things that they, that they enjoy, whether that's... Um, 
going shopping or going out for coffee or checking out a movie, whatever it might be, like actually engaging with your child in some of these activities, becoming not their friend, Mm -hmm. um, but being in relationship with them, um, I think is really important. And then as a parent, I think it's crucial that we recognize we cannot do it on our own. And that it really does take a village. It takes a community of people. There's a statistic that says uh, youth needs seven good role model adults in their life wow. to become effective adults in the world, to become well-flourishing adults in the world. Find your other adults to invest in your child. Find other people that you trust to come along them, to journey with them. Because when they can't hear your voice, maybe they'll hear Chris's voice. Maybe they'll hear you know, whoever else is in your community, in your parish community. Right. Uh, find that find that for yourself if you don't have it because you need companionship but also find it for your find it for your children wow beautiful any last thoughts continue to pray i think too i I, that sounds often um like oh yeah by the way just keep on praying and 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 i don't mean it flippantly i mean it's it really has power it really has and we need the grace um so pray for yourself as well recognize that i need help lord to raise my child to help my child navigate the onslaught of sexual pervasiveness and the lies that culture is feeding them about who they are wonderful Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, you guys. Good to have you again. It's great to have you every time.